0: Oh, I didn't ask you, did I? (laughs) Sonny, Sonny, hold on, hold on. No, I already said it. I already said it. Well, I'll end it right there.
1: I'll end it right there when I said I got nothing else to say.
0: Sonny, do you have anything else to say? No,
1: I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) Stop asking. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast with TJ.
0: Sunny. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is the Fringe Youth Worker podcast. I am super excited to be here. Um, Super excited is one of my favorite phrases, so you're going to hear that a lot today. Uh, And I am joined as always by my best friend, Sunny Saltalamachia. Sunny, what's real? Oh
1: hey T, how you doing, man? Um, good to talk to you. Good, almost <laughs> like I just good to hear your voice right again. There. I uh, just walked in the door and sat oh, yeah. down, oh, yeah. and my headphones were buzzing, and I picked it up, and it was time oh, to man. talk. So here I am, man. Uh, oh, good to be goodness. here. Glad no to be prep. back for another podcast, and uh, yeah. looking forward to hanging out with you for a while.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm excited that we just have a space to just talk for an hour, just the and space. then we get. And, and just, and you know, because, because of our egocentrism, we, d- we don't just want to talk for an hour, but we want to be praised for talking for an hour. So we put this online for other people to see. Um, but this is, this
1: is where we're living right now with social media, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it's not enough for the people you actually see face to face to look at you. We want yeah, yeah. thousands of other people to look and listen to, to people. Like, it's really yeah, a that- weird, weird society right now.
0: It re- it really is kind of it is kind of a strange thing and, and then to you know you, you got to have the confidence to be able to make something like this and then have the you know wherewithal to be like man am I being am I being just narcissist right now by just doing this however none of that matters none of that pertains to what we're talking about on the fringe youth worker podcast well sometimes uh, it does. sometimes it does sometimes it does uh, Sonny what do we got planned for today. Well, we got a, uh, a
1: really cool interview with Frank Gill. He is the student ministries pastor the at
0: Epicos Frank Church Gill.
1: in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the uh, Robin Young, most famous Milwaukee brewer ever. And uh, he also does 15 minutes with Frank. And a uh, really cool interview with him. You'll hear that later on in the podcast. And uh, just, again, super grateful for Frank coming on the show. And then we also are going to kick it off with the Tales from the Fringe, yeah. everybody's favorite segment and yeah. that's it. So tell us from the fringe. Interview with Frank. We'll riff on that afterwards a bit. And that's it for the week.
0: Well, oh, that sounds like a great show. Uh, I'm excited about that. Some might even call it super excited. But I'm done with all this chit-chat. Let's get to the show. To the show. <laughs>
2: Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And when you subscribe to this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating.
1: We desperately need your approval. All right, TJ, Tales from the Fringe. Everybody's favorite topic, basically me, you, and your wife. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this is where we uh, we break down what it's like working on the fringe. And since I introed it, you have to go...
0: First, because because
1: you're not last, you're first.
0: I'm. Tr- you know what? I'm going to go first right now, so that I don't have to be first. Uh, and I'm in making
1: you go first because I know you're searching for a story right now to tell. So that's why I <laughs> jumped in, and that's why I. Kicked it to you. <laughs> and that's none of this okay. is getting
0: edited out either. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I have a whole list because I'm a youth pastor and I tell stories all the time. I have a whole list. Of ones that I can I can choose from, so I'm just trying to decide here, and I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge. Sonny, are you gonna go sad today? or Are you gonna go happy today? Do you? I'm do
1: gonna you even go. Know? I'm gonna go. Uh, inspirationally sad today.
0: Okay. Inspirational
1: I, melancholy is where I'm where I'm going with mine.
0: Have, have I? Hey, cut this out. Have I talked about the fat hamster on this on this? No, you have
1: not, and we're not cutting it out. So go ahead and tell the story <laughs> about the
0: fat hamster. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh so as a as a youth worker, you get a lot of prayer requests and um and and sometimes those prayer requests are are silly like you know, hey, pray for my youtube channel um to get some more subscribers Surge uh um other times uh, other times they're pretty crazy like my, my grandpa's dying and, uh, and my family doesn't know really how to, how to handle all that. Um, and so you pray with kids for all sorts of reasons and uh, and one day after uh, a middle school ministry, one of our fringe kids came up to me and said, hey, Pastor TJ, would you be willing to pray for me uh, and my family And I was like, okay, what's going on here?" And he goes, "Well, uh, George, George is gonna die if he doesn't change his ways <laughs> That's literally what he says George is gonna die if he doesn't change His ways and I'm thinking like George this must be a family member And I'm just like kinda you know I'm, I'm feeling it Um and yeah, I'm He's feeling the hear- gospel
1: he's, it's making sense to him
0: Yeah yeah I'm feeling It and I'm like hey what's uh who, who, Who's George and he goes well George is my Hamster <laughs> 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 And uh and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, George is your hamster. Uh, that's that's cool. Uh, you know. And here's the other thing. I'm gonna just pause right here. Just just get outside of the story. Is I didn't laugh in that moment because actually I get a lot of requests to pray for dying pets, and and it, it is a really important thing in a student's life. Pets Even, are part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Pets are part of the family, and oftentimes f- pets are the first time a student experiences death. So, uh, so that's really what their pets oftentimes teach them about dying, death and dying. Um, so, you know, you got to hold back in these moments. Like you can't just be like, ah, (laughs) George is a hamster, you know? Um, uh, so I was like, okay, you know, I I, I didn't laugh. I was like, Hey man, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that George is, is, is dying. What's going on? What's, what's, what's happening here? Um, and he goes, well, he's too fat. (laughs) Did you laugh then? (laughs) <laughs> no, hey, it's like I I I am someone who can empathize with being too fat, uh, <laughs> and, but I I I was I, it was there, you know, it was in the back of my heart right there at that moment. I was like, oh, okay, we got a fat hamster prayer request coming, dude. And he goes, yeah, man, we we got him a wheel and everything, but he won't go on it. <laughs> I know the struggle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he got a treadmill that's just sitting there, <laughs> and I go, "Oh, bud, I am so sorry about that. That's 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 really unfortunate." But you know, in the back of my but my my eyes are kind of moving. I think you could, if you were someone who wasn't the you know a middle school French kid, you would probably be able to tell that there was some laughter I was holding back at this point. And uh, and I was like, ah oh, man, I am so sorry to hear that. And and I'm like, well, uh, you know, uh, how did you guys realize he was too fat? Like, you know, like because all hamsters kind of look fat, in my opinion. You know, like how did yeah, how did this hamster yeah. become too fat? And he goes, well, we kind of realized when he kept getting stuck in his tube. <laughs> 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 oh, Sonny, at that point I went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little, you know, a little involuntary, like horse sound, like, pfft, you know, like, and then I just kind of, I kind of stop myself, like, compose yourself. This is a really traumatic moment for this kid, you know, and his fat hamster's getting stuck in the tube, but I can't help myself, Sonny. I can't help myself because I'm sitting there thinking about this fat hamster getting stuck in the tube, <laughs> and I'm you're, like, you're a big well, image guy. You're a big imagery guy. Yeah, I'm a big image guy, and I can't get past it, so it just slips out, and I go. How do you get it out of the tube when it gets stuck? Because <laughs> well, my dad has to blow on it. <laughs> I I mean, at this point, I'm done, man. I'm, just, I'm, I'm I'm picturing this fat hamster getting blown out of the other side of this tube, and I and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, let's close in prayer. <laughs> You <laughs> know, at this point, like I don't know what to do. Did you pray uh, for the father to have a big uh, abdomen to a, to Yeah. Oh, man. We I prayed all around George the fat hamster and uh that he'd be able to get on his wheel and change his diet plans and not get stuck in his tube. Um oh, but I can tell you, man, I've been to I've been to some of those uh uh those uh water park rides and uh there has been a moment in my life where I thought, Well, what if I got stuck here? And uh and I do have a story about getting stuck on a uh, slide that I will tell in a future episode of Tales from the Fringe. Ooh, but nice. for now, that was, uh, that was the George the Fat Hamster um, prayer request.
1: You know, and, it, and it, uh, thank you for sharing it. And it highlights a, you know, you could say it's an important topic, but, but, you know, in those moments when a student brings something to you yeah, and to them it's a super important, urgent, really big thing Mm -hmm. and then to you it's like it's almost laughable or it's not a big thing like it's really important to honor the student and their perception of that right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you know there's some philosophy in life now about uh perception is truth Mm -hmm. and while i think sometimes i don't agree with that sometimes i do agree with that because the way the student sees that is is the biggest thing in their life in that moment and it's our job to honor that and walk through that with them the and, way and, i say and it, love the them I through say, it you know
0: the way i say it it, 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 it may, it's not perception is truth but feelings are truth you know sure, like sure like, what like they, like they feel you, yeah you, yeah what you're feeling about this is true and so yeah. i i you know i can't uh i can't deny that and 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 so um, to acknowledge the feelings, to acknowledge that stuff, and and here's the thing is I've been there, man. I remember when my cocker spaniel died when I was a kid, and that yeah, that floored me, man. It floored me, and and so you have to remember, you know, like as you get older and you've seen pets come and go, it probably gets a little easier, and it's not as you know life changingly important. But the first time that happens is usually with a pet, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's an incredibly raw and and actually ripe. Um, moment for ministry in a student's life
1: yeah i remember my dog samson died when i think i was like fifth grade i came home my mom told me and then it just i had him since i was a baby and i grew up with him and uh and i walked outside and sat on the back porch and kind of had one of those pablo moments where i'm just kind of wandering around contemplating life like what am i gonna do now (laughs) samson's gone you know he's my buddy (laughs) but i think it's really important to, to encourage youth leaders to no matter how trivial the situation may be, even when it comes to like, oh, this boy likes me, but I don't know what to do. Like, those are really big situations for your students, and it's an yeah. opportunity for you to show them how much you love them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, rather than just dismiss it as trivial and it doesn't matter, like, oh, you know, that's just a teenage thing. Like, don't ever yeah. say that, because that that'll cause a division with with your students. But it's a it's a chance for you to show them how much you love them and how much Jesus loves them with the way you love them through that process. So, so good job, mm-hmm.
0: man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think that's, that's a huge piece of this. Acknowledge the feelings, acknowledge, um, their realities, acknowledge, you know, that this is an important piece of their world and, and, and pray with them. You know, we, I've prayed about all sorts of things, you know, and yeah. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think God looks at us and goes, "Oh, that's below me." You know, because the truth is, we're all below. we're all below Him. Yeah, yeah. Below the, him. There's no, there's no like condensation. Like, like when we think about God, He's not this snob in the sky being like, "No, don't bring your your fat hamster prayer request to me." <laughs> um, you know, Another like, fat hamster request. Come on. Oh my gosh! America's got a fat hamster. Last week it was a fat head.
1: cat. Now it's a fat
0: hamster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not up there doing that. He he just wants us to be honest. And I think and this is this is a principle I always tell my youth workers and even my kids. I say, God, the only bad prayers, uh, the only prayers I don't think God honors are di- are are, are, are dishonest prayers. prayers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to be honest. And it, you know, if you're hurting because your hamster died, or you're hurting because you know somebody rejected you, or you're hurting because you know. You've got a personality disorder. All of those are real things, and we yep. got to deal with them. And uh, and and that's that's kind of where we're at there. But uh, Sonny, yeah, I'm interested in hearing uh, your tale from the fringe, and because mine was so goofball and crazy, uh, I'm guessing you're gonna go sad.
1: Inspirational melancholy sadness. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let's, now now let's see if I can live up to it. All right, so uh, so we got this guy a couple years ago came into our our practice here, our counseling practice, and I'll call him Isaac. That's not his real name. I'm gonna change his name. Um, so his name is Isaac. He was a Hispanic kid, about fifteen. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, came, you know, wrong side of the tracks. Classic story. His dad was around, but his dad grew up as a gangster too, and so his dad, in a lot of the ways, he taught his kid was was the gangster code and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, mom mom was real supportive. Mom was really nice. Uh, but this is a kid who had both parents at home, but due to the way they they kind of raised him, he uh, he struggled. <coughs> And so, so he starts to come into our groups and he starts to kind of hang out with us and and he turns into be one of these really charismatic kind of kids. You know, a lot of the French kids oftentimes have these really big personalities and a lot of charisma. And and I think sometimes that leads them down a a wrong path. And he was one of the classic examples. He was already on probation Mm. and, um, but just a super likable sweetheart of a kid. Mm. So we started kind of being around more and stuff like that. We went to a football game once, and um, and I didn't think he was even going to care about it. And when we started announcing that we we're going to go, and we had limited tickets, he was the first one to turn in his his uh, permission slip. And then the day of the event, I pull up about two hours before we're getting ready to leave, about you know six thirty in the morning. He's there in the parking lot, wow. wearing his his Oregon State Beavers uh, jersey, and he has a chair for the bleachers. And I'm just like, I love this kid, you know, I freaking <laughs> yeah, love this kid. Yeah. So he tried to be one of these kids. So then he goes to camp with us, and um, and pay attention. You'll hear Frank talk about uh, the importance of camp later on in this this podcast here. So he comes to camp, and I knew camp was going to be a time for him to really like really get it and really kind of come alive. And he and he did. He had a great time at camp. He was the kid who was up before anybody else. He went to bed later than anybody else. He was wanting to do every activity, and uh, he just he just flourished at camp. And then this one night. We were doing, uh, we were doing art night where we had little canvases, those little twelve by twelve canvases, and uh, we were challenging everybody to, to draw a tree, and and the tree was to represent kind of, you know, how you grow as a person and and how your roots are planted, and there was a lot of therapeutic elements to it and stuff like that. And so, you know, he does it, and then we we got a picture of every kid holding their their picture uh, of their of their tree that they drew from camp. So then, uh, you know, camp ends and we and we come back and we're going through the pictures and videos and I'm doing the video for camp and stuff like that. And I stumble upon his picture,
2: Hmm.
1: the picture of him holding this tree. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's one of the most fascinating pictures I've seen doing the work because and and I'll post this uh, on our Facebook page. I'll I'll get clearance or I'll edit his face out or something like that so you guys can see it. But um, so so he's there and he's holding this tree. And he's wearing a, a dark gray hoodie. Uh, he's wearing a beanie, and he, you know he just looks. If you were if you were to judge him based on how he looked, you would just say this this kid's a little gangster kid. Yeah. But he's holding this picture of a tree, and this isn't to knock him because I'm no artist myself. But it looks like something a third grader could draw,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's the it's it's such a. Um, Uh, contrast contrast yeah thanks such a contrast of of who he is on the outside but then what came out of him in this picture he drew was just this simple simplistic beautiful drawing of a tree and and man i I have it framed in my office and um it's just such a uh reminder to me of who these kids really are you know when you when you work with kids at like um, have an attachment disorder which I've been doing a lot recently These are the kids who got given up on when they were younger And so to hide the pain or to, or to protect themselves Against the pain of being given up on again They self-sabotage every relationship they get in When it starts going places in order to protect themselves from the pain And the pain of the self-sabotage is not as severe As the pain of somebody hurting you again, you know And so, so all these kids who have these behavioral issues Typically they're there for a reason, but when you get past them, when you love past those 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 external issues, gosh, they're so there's they're they're just beautiful on the inside, you know? And if we truly believe that everybody was made in God's image, do we believe that about these fringe kids yeah. that sometimes don't portray that, you know? Yeah. And um and so every day I see this picture and every day it reminds me of who I work with and the kids I work with, mm-hmm. and to not be turned off by their external exactly uh, external presentation, but to remember who they are internally and to speak and talk and, and love to that, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I always call it like the, the burnt marshmallow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, a burnt marshmallow, it's hot, it's crunchy on the outside. It's dangerous on the outside, but yeah. the inside it's just, it's just mush. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, it always comes from an imbalance, uh, somewhere, but I think that's exactly what you're dealing with is that, uh, the, and that's that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot on the show but uh, in Camp Respawn you see that the, you get these kids out on a jet ski, you get them out in the back of a, on a tube or you get them jumping off a cliff somewhere and you realize they're just kids who need just to play. Kids. Yeah and and I think that's so incredibly important because you know some of these guys I mean their look is is threatening, you know they, they're, they're, they're putting it out there. Don't mess with me. That's their whole like persona. And, uh, and they'll tell you that several times, you know, uh, but they desperately need to be messed with and not messed with like, you know, like in a traumatic way because they've had plenty of that. But, you know, you got to enter into their lives uh, in, in a radical way and you got to you got to mess some things up in order just to get to that place. So uh, I love that. I've seen that picture before. Um, I think you sent it to me when it it's happened. On, yeah, it's um, on the
1: video, too. You know, can't be it,
0: it's funny at first and then it's really, really sad. <laughs> Yeah. And, right. And, and profound. Like that's, that's what I would call it. You know, it's like it, you get all the feels from it. When you watch, see this, you're like, ah, oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Time. That's, that's fascinating. You know? Um, so yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that Sonny. That's, um, that's a really, uh, important distinction to make, especially when you're working with kids on the fringe. So thank you for that.
1: No problem. Alright TJ we, uh, we were blessed this week To talk to Damn. the one and only Frank Gill Of the famed 15 minutes with Frank podcast And mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate him joining us And we're going to go to that interview Right now All right, Randos, as promised, we are joined by uh, one of my favorite new podcasts I've been listening to. His name is Frank Gill. He has a free ebook called Preaching to Students. 10 years experience as a youth pastor. He's currently the student ministries pastor at Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Graduate of Trinity College in Florida. 15 Minutes with Frank is his podcast. You can find it on the DYM Podcast Network, available wherever podcasts are found. He is also a Popeye's chicken enthusiast, and he has (laughs) no relation to Frank Gill, the minor league baseball player out of Santiago, Panama. You can find him on all... In case you were wondering. In case you were wondering, you can find him on all social media platforms at pastor underscore tank, and email us pastortank at gmail.com. Please welcome in the one and only Frank Gill
2: hey fellas i'm glad to be here yes
1: slow clap slow clap slow single clap tier. here
2: well hey hey frank how are you doing today i'm doing great it's my day off i'm enjoying it it's the weather is above freezing in milwaukee so it's a great great day here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that. Hey, it's a good day. And, uh, and Hey, we don't want, we don't want to take up most of your day off here. So let's, let's get to the, the hard hitting questions of this podcast. Cause that's what our randos expect here. Frank, I listened to your most recent
1: podcast and you talked about not feeling it at a youth event. You, you, you said you were grateful not having to, to preach that day. So how do you, what, what's your advice to youth pastors out there or just youth workers in general? How do you still show up? And still still be there in the moment, but yet when you're not feeling it? like What's your trick? What's your tips?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was tired, it was like work, but I just wasn't feeling it. And the thing that I constantly remind myself in that time is often what I try to remind my leaders is that like, you do this every week and you're going to come back each week and you can have a better week next week. But this could be the one and only time a student walks in. And so like, whether it was that that first time student or that student who, which is what we're going to talk about, like those fringe kids who are still trying to read the room and try to figure out, this is for them. Like, this is their like one hour, hour and a half, two hours that they're going to have with you. So I, I got to figure out a place to find it in myself to be like, I'm not here for myself. I understand I'm not feeling like I want to be here necessarily, but it's not about me. It's about these students that we're trying to minister to. So I try to like, so so there was a moment, uh, last week where I excused myself for like 15 minutes. People just thought I was in the bathroom for a long time, probably. And just, I just prayed. <laughs> I, just, I just talked to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, like I, I legitimately don't want to be here. Not for any other reason other than the fact that like, I'm tired. Uh, I, I, I'm just kind of like, like, you know, like grouchy mood or whatever. And I was like, I got to change this. And so after that prayer, like I was able to come back, take some deep breaths, drink some water, and I was able to kind of just be there for the students. Luckily, I didn't have to preach. I feel like if I preached in that mood, it would have been like, it, it may have came out of my message. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, kind of calling it in, but I didn't have to preach. So I was able to kind of just enjoy my time there, encourage my leaders and love awesome students. So just prayer and just understanding that This is maybe a a kid's one time they're going to figure out whether they want to be here, and that connection with me is going to be important for them. So,
1: I like that phrase of uh, this is the this might be this one kid's moment. I once had an old pastor state, You may be a a person's first and only encounter with Jesus, and when they walk away, what is their thoughts about Jesus? You know, and and it puts a lot of pressure on you, but a sense if you if you give that pressure up to the Lord, it takes that pressure off. What do you do? Like, what's your pregame routine? Like, what? what how do you get ready to go into youth ministry to to the youth nights
2: or youth days? Yeah, I think uh, so. I ha- like I am a big extrovert. I lo- I feed off of people. I love being around people. But I found, especially over the last year or two, that I need like fifteen minutes alone or so just to kind of like look over my notes to make sure that my sermon notes are good. To kind of pray, especially even like before my adult leader meeting. I try to excuse myself because there's already people there setting up. I excuse myself. People don't know what I'm doing. People just think, like I said, they might think I'm literally in the bathroom for 15 minutes, but I find like a quiet spot in our children's ministry. that's far away that no one's going to walk into me. And I like look over my notes. I pray. I think about what I'm going to talk about with my leaders. I think about certain things I'm aware of that night. Like if a student said they're going to bring a friend that night, like I start processing that stuff. And I legitimately try to pray for as much as I can about that service. Um and then in the moment that like last on me, hype myself up. Like, you know, I don't go in the mirror and be like, you are powerful. You are strong. <laughs> no <laughs> but, Superman poses. But, no, not Superman poses. But literally just like just like prayer and just like being by myself for those 15 minutes because from the time the way the way because uh, we have a shared space and all this other stuff, from the time our second service is done. To the time the service or youth service start, it's like, go, 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 go. We're setting up the room. We're organizing things. We're printing stuff. So, like, they have that 15 minutes of not doing any of that stuff and just being quiet, kind of reading and praying is, is something that I've needed for the past year to kind of get myself prepared for the service,
0: yeah. Yeah. So this is a this is pretty awesome idea here because not only does he have a wildly successful podcast called 15 Minutes with Frank, but every, every week before youth group starts, Frank takes 15 minutes with just Frank to get himself ready for his podcast. So this is a man who practices what he preaches, so this is the real deal here, you know? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love you. Hey, hey, so, uh, so Frank, I wanted to get into some uh, some questions here. Um, you know, this podcast. Uh, Sunny is a juvenile drug and alcohol counselor. I'm a youth minister. We come we come at this from two different worlds, but we found some camaraderie just in the way we love to do youth work. Um, and, but really, where we where we have found a a place in this podcasting world is with working with fringe kids. And every youth worker, every youth pastor knows about this idea of how. How do you, and I think any successful youth pastor has a good understanding how you reach uh, uh, fringe kids when they're coming in, what's, what's your, what is your strategy, Frank, for reaching fringe kids?
2: Yeah. So, so my church is in, is in Milwaukee and a lot of people don't know much about Milwaukee. They're like, I know it's a city up in Wisconsin, but it's about an hour north of Chicago. And I would say Milwaukee is like a Chicago junior. It's a, it's an urban city um there's a there's a there's a strong inner city there's it's actually the most segregated city in the country where wow. like where you're driving you know what part of the city you're in and what's been interesting about epicos my church is that it is very multi-ethnic and so our youth ministry probably reflects the multi-ethnicity better than anyone else and and because of that i would say in my context what i declare as a french kid is literally all the kids who are like from the inner city who don't get what church wow. is. And, and, and that's a large, large group of my kids is inner city kids who are kind of like their mom just found Jesus. And they're like the whole family's going to church. Wow. now, And so when they come to my youth ministry, they're already like probably not wanting to be there or they have some behavioral issues or whatever the situation may be. And so I'm constantly coaching my leaders to be intentional with every kid that comes in, but you can kind of get a good vibe of who those fringe kids are. because chances are their mom is walking in with them to introduce me, their kid to me. And I'm like, yeah. this kid doesn't want to be here. That's why mom is here. And so there's, there's two things that I do consistently with those types of kids. The first thing I do is I try to make sure there's an intentional relationship with the leader. So yeah. as much as I can, I give a leader a heads up and I say, hey, um, this is so-and-so. Uh, he, goes to, he or she goes to the school um hey you know let go talk to them and my leaders are kind of trained with like a couple questions of like mm-hmm. hey would you play a sport you know what, can, what, what do you do for fun to try to find those like latching relationship things mm-hmm. um and, and so that's the first thing is, is kidding them with a, with a leader because students are weird I, I wish my students are just like super welcoming and opening but like a lot of youth groups deal with cliques and and especially like if i have a group of like three suburban girls and i have one girl from the inner city coming in She's already gonna feel like she doesn't belong. Yeah. And those suburban girls are not gonna help that girl fit in any well. Yeah. So having that leader be the bridge to show there is some commonalities here wow. has been the biggest thing for those kids. And the second thing, and I I don't know if this is like a cliche thing or this is something that you put often, at all costs, get that kid to camp. Camp yeah. is what changes yeah. everything. <laughs> because when you're away from your schools, when you're away from your friends, yeah. your five days where we are in the middle of the woods with no cell phone signal. And you're literally doing archery and throwing hatchets and you're sweaty and you haven't showered and you're with everyone else. That builds relationships. All yeah. my French kids, almost like I would say 90% of my students who come into camp as a French kid who don't feel like they're connected, leave with best friends after that camp. And the longevity of their uh, of their stay in our student ministry and the relationships, it happens because of camp. So like, yeah. I'm always thinking budget, scholarships, whatever I can do to get those kids to camp That is going to be the linchpin to get that kid connected. So whenever I hear that parent tell me, oh, they just don't feel connected, I'm going to say, are they coming to camp? And they're like, well, we can't fit in our schedule. I'm like, well, then this is on you, mom. I I wouldn't say that. But like, this is on you, mom and dad, because if you can get that kid to camp, it will change the relationship with the student ministry. I would say 90% of the time. There's always that one or two kids who are just like, I'm not sure. But intentional relationship with a leader, getting that kid to summer camp.
0: Wow, those are those are those are great. I I love the idea of teaming them up with a leader, um, and a trained leader, somebody who just sees themselves as a bridge into the youth ministry. I'm gonna steal that actually. I I hadn't thought about that. I, I have students I go to in that situation, but you're right. Sometimes students, you know, because they're not on mission at youth ministry nights and at youth service nights, sometimes they're like, yeah, hey, how's it going? What school do you go to? Okay, I'm gonna go play at foursquare. See ya. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, and so there's there's those things going on. Um, but man, can Oh, you, you hit it on the head right there. Camp camp is the thing. It is the thing that ties everybody back into that thing. And, and it, it's even, you know, for non-fringe kids that miss a year of camp, it's like, you know, you have this incredible bonding experience and you come back and you're like, where were you like, you know, like we're, we're all tight. And, and you, you weren't there. Um, cause that's, that's just how important camp is. And I think those are two for our randos out there. Those are two huge pieces right there. Um, a bridge adult, a bridging adult to, to the community and then getting them to camp. What are you hearing there, Sonny?
1: Frank, what's been your struggle or what struggles have you come up against, um, with those leaders and, and teaching them how to be intentional, especially with fringe kids?
2: Yeah. I mean, so the biggest question we are constantly talking about, because our church is more urban in our city, is we're dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. We're dealing with a lot of kids that are questioning their sexuality and then just straight up behavioral issues. Like we we just had a, a winter retreat where our worship leader uh, is it, our worship leader goes to our church. She's, she she leads worship for our church. and She took the weekend off to be a part of a winter retreat. She just went up to a student and the student cussed her out and so like it's like one of those things like there's certain behavioral issues that we're constantly facing so i think the biggest struggle is constantly like it's like with our new leaders train them on stuff that we've already trained our previous leaders about how to deal with a student who might have some kind of mental health issue and so like we have a couple of kids who need to step out of the room during worship because the music is too loud and it's causing sensory issues when there's uh behavioral issues to be okay with saying like hey Tonight's not your night. Let's just go hang out in the lobby. And when small group happens, we can try to come back in. Like, wow. constantly training it. Because even though our youth group is very ethnically diverse and very, like, socially, economically diverse, my leadership team isn't. And that's one thing I'm constantly trying to, trying to recruit more leaders that reflect our student ministry. But until then, I have to train my leaders to say, this kid who's from this background is going to react this way. And this is how we're going to love and serve him every week's a new issue uh you know every week there's a there's a there's a kid that might be confessing abuse there might be a kid that is struggling with their mental health and so they're, they're like weekly in our group text. they're asking me this kid said this this kid did this what should we do next week and so it's something that's like it's never going to go away we're constantly like learning we're constantly like, like processing and there's times where i don't have answers where i'll go to someone else and be like hey i have a kid who legitimately has ADHD and I don't know what to do with them during worship because all they want to do is Fortnite dances It's a, it sounds like a middle schooler but like <laughs> but like, what do I do with that kid and then they'll give me some tips I'm like great I'll, I'll apply it so I'll try and stuff. but yeah. yeah it's just constantly going back and asking I want to love this kid I want to serve this kid I literally don't have any tools in my toolbox to know what to do with this kid what should I do now and then we go from there
1: and I love that you bring up um, mental health that's the realm that I'm in. Uh, did volunteered in youth ministry for years. Me and TJ did youth ministry for years, and then and then I started working as an addictions counselor. and um, And so that's primarily where I'm at. It's it's the exact opposite where where you guys are. It's Jesus first, and then maybe maybe mental health is 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 the extra thing you work on. And I'm working on the mental health and addictions first, and then trying to give him Jesus at the same time. Um, and, I, and I think it's important for the church to realize that like, yes, Jesus is the answer to everything. But there's also a practical application of what do you do in the moment with this kid who has severe uh, attachment disorder and his behaviors are acting up like you can't just say pray about it, pray about it, ask Jesus, because that's not enough in the moment. You know what I'm saying? And that sometimes is taken or heard differently when, when depending on like who you say that to and their understanding of mental health issues and stuff. You know what, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I have a kid whose mom just, just met with this mom a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> And he's being diagnosed as a narcissist. I don't know what the actual medical term is, but like he's diagnosed narcissism. with narcissism, and and uh, and like one thing that so we're processing with that with the student is how is he he, he naturally thinks thinks in a self centered perspective and doesn't care. He has like a lack of empathy, and obviously empathy is a big deal on the Christian walk. Yeah. And so <laughs> so walking through that has it, been interesting because there's these faith issues that we're trying to show them the love of jesus and how to be like jesus but then they have mental eff- mental health situations it's literally a barrier for them to understand the spiritual side mm-hmm. of it and so navigating those two those two like streams have been have been interesting and i've been making a lot more phone calls to my counseling and my therapist friends uh, as opposed to some of my youth ministry friends because some of these things it's like we know how to preach the gospel. We're not therapists, right? And so like we're trying to figure out how to navigate those waters with some professionals to help us understand what's the best way to serve and love the student who also simultaneously have these things that they're working through.
1: Man, I, I love to hear that, Frank. That's cool, man. You're doing that.
0: Yeah, and I think this is where Sonny, Sunny talks about this a lot on the podcast. Is is that you know um, qualification is is something that's that's important, but oftentimes, man, it's one caring adult, you know, and and you you might, I mean, this kid might not have a counselor, you know, this kid might not have a diagnosis. You know that there's something going on, but they haven't been to the doctor, so they don't even know what's going on, and and so really, all you can do is get to that really basic place of I'm going to care for you, I'm going to try to include you, I'm trying, I'm going to try to make it so that this is a place where you can have healing, and you can have community, and you can have identity. Um, and we're going to try to just make room for you here. And, uh, and I think anybody can do that, regardless of credentials, regardless of qualifications, is that, I mean, some of my best leaders have zero college. Um, they just have a natural ability to, to build community, to build culture, and to include people. Um, and I think that if you work on that, whether you're in the counseling realm or uh, youth ministry realm, you're going to be a successful. At what you're doing um, So uh, so, Sonny we got one more segment One more thing that we want to ask uh, Frank And I'm going to let you do that
1: Frank on our, on our show we do every week We do a thing called Tales from the Fringe Where me and TJ share stories um, Sometimes they're happy Great ending Sometimes they're not happy Not a great ending And it's just uh, you know stories is, is everything You know it's relatable It's learning experiences And, and it's teachable And um, so we want to hear a story from you from your work with Fringe Kids. And uh, I know we're kind of putting you on the spot here. But uh, if you got one you want to share, that'd be cool.
2: Yeah. So I got I got one. And it's like a mixed bag of like good and bad ending type of thing. Uh, so there was a student. When I first got here, um, dad's in jail. Mom is dating some guy. Um, and like she's just basically like kind of left to be like her own. She's like 15 years old. She goes to summer camp. She's kind of always a French kid. She just kind of shows up, stays to herself, whatever, goes to summer camp and just flourishes. Like she builds relationships, leaders latch onto her. And um, if she comes to Christ, she comes to Christ on that summer camp and her life is completely turned around and the, then the, the new year coming in. Um, and, and one thing I immediately is, is telling the same leader who I told ahead of time, like, hey, this is a kid from the inner city, crazy home story. You should kind of pour into her Got her to camp, and now she's like, hey, how do you feel about me doing like a, a one-on-two Bible study? Me, her, and another student kind of meet for Bible study uh, on a separate night, not connected to the student nature whatsoever. I said, that sounds amazing. Like, let, let's do it. So they do it. For about a year and a half, they're doing this. It's going great. She is growing. She is learning more. She's becoming a leader. Um uh, around a year and a half in, we find out that she has a boyfriend who's significantly older than her. Like, she's a minor. He's not a minor type of situation. Mm. And that and that makes us nervous and uncomfortable. And so we're, we're like, encouraging her to, like, we don't think this is good. This is, not, this is not a good idea. And she kind of pushes back on it to the point where, like, our relationships are becoming severed because she refuses to, like, hear adhere to our concerns or warnings. Um, we go on a missions trip. And then, and the mission ma- trip was not good mainly because of her actions. Like she kind of pivoted uh, a, a wedge between us and the students, the leaders and the students. And she's like, you know, gossiping and slandering the leaders to the students. It really ruined, Not, I wouldn't say ruined the mission trip because another student got saved on the mission trip. And it was a good trip, but it just kind of made the trip kind of a bad taste on all of her mouth. Um, when she came back from the mission trip, she said she's not coming back to the youth group again. And she's she was gone for like, 10 months and the leader that was pouring into her just felt like terrible. She's like, she's like, am I a bad leader? Like, did I, is, is the reason why she walked away from Jesus is because of me and all this stuff. And I had to do some pastoring to this leader now because of how this whole situation went down. Um, and, and the good news is that the, the leader has kind of understood that students are fickle and students have these ebbs and flows in their walk with Jesus where they have high highs and low lows. And I was actually able to reach out to the student about a month ago and have a conversation with her about like what's been happening. She doesn't necessarily like repented of her, of anything she did or confessed anything. Like, she kind of still doesn't take full ownership of it, but she's like, she admitted that her relationship with Jesus is not where it was. And she feels terrible about it. And she wants to try to come back. She came to youth group one night and she hasn't come back since. Um, with that being said, it's like, it's one of those moments where I feel like, as a youth pastor, we're going to always have those students that we get really, really attached to and feel like this is our prodigy, and then they're going to walk yeah. away, and we're going to feel really, really hurt by it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that, that could cause us is to be become embittered towards student ministry and say like, "Kids are bad, whatever. Like they're going to leave us, and you know, there's no hope." Or we're going to say like, "These are the ebbs and flows of people's walks." And if I were to look at my own walk with Jesus, I'm sure that might have been the case as well. But uh, but with her, it's like I don't know where we stand right now. She could be coming back. I know she's still having those conversations. She'll message me occasionally, but it's not to where it was when it was like super high mountain peaks. It's still kind of like just above the valley type of thing. But it's been it's been tough. But that's kind of how it is with, with some of our friends' kids, where they'll have those high highs and they'll kind of revert back and have those low lows. That's where we are right now with that, you know. Yeah.
1: Something that's helped me, Frank, over the years is this concept called the 47th counselor principle, and what it means is, is, is when the kid had that radical change of whether they stopped using drugs or they turned their behavior around, it wasn't necessarily anything that you did, it was that you were present when they were ready to make that change. And it kind of goes on the other hand as well is that when the kid doesn't make those changes, they're they're simply not ready yet. And you know sometimes you're planting the seed, sometimes you're watering the flower, sometimes you're you're pruning it, and sometimes you're there to watch it blossom. And and I think it's so critical in those moments to help leaders understand that like it wasn't maybe you know most of the time wasn't anything the leader did. It's just that that student wasn't ready in their walk yet. But how cool is it that even though there was a separation there's still that connection there with her and with you and that she still came back. You know what I'm saying? That's cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. this is a student ministry is a long game. Like we are not going to see the, the fruits and the benefits of our labor. Typically we're not going to see it immediately. Most of the time it's going to be after they graduate when we're going to see the fruits of our labor. Um, and that's what makes student ministry simultaneously really hard, but very, very important. It's because we are the ones planting the seeds now and hoping that the growth and the fruit comes later uh, even if we might not ever see it so
0: yeah it, it, it's it's a long game and it, the hard part about it is is that some with some kids there's this total um there's this total like amazing it just completely goes great and then with other kids it falls off and when you when you work with kids especially on the fringe, their home lives are messy their their whole world is this just total chaos thing and so when they bring chaos uh, to you they're not they're not trying to be dramatic they're not trying they're just modeling what they've grown up in they're they're bringing actually a piece of who they are um to the group and what and what that is and 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 that's not always easy to take but when you when you say hey i'm gonna play the long game i'm gonna be the person who who allows for your drama who allows for your your pain and your and your you know your ups and downs um, you're modeling to that student, I think, a miracle because that student hasn't seen that in their life. They just haven't. Their 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 life is used to you know I be dramatic, you be dramatic, and then you know we hug it out later. Um, but when you're dramatic and it hurts me, <laughs> and I and I'm steady, um, that's something different. And that 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 is the type of thing that sometimes makes fringe kids go, okay, peace out. I'm out of here. This is weird. This is you know I can't I can't handle this level of different. Um, but at the same time, other ones it's like, this is what I want. This is this is what I want to be around. And uh, and man, isn't 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 it true, Frank, that for every like, for every victory, there's like ten heartbreaks in in youth ministry. And 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 it's just and that's and that's what you got to model to your leaders. Like, hey, we're not gonna get them all. And and that's not that's not jaded. My heart still breaks, but. That's just that's just the nature of a broken world, man. Um, and uh, and so, hey, I just want to thank you for bringing that story and uh, and and telling us about what it's like to work with some of these inner city kids um, over there in Milwaukee. Um, and uh, and Frank, uh, we love ha- we loved having you on. Uh, thanks for agreeing to be on the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you got there, Frank? Or uh, or, or are we good? I think we're good. I thanks
2: for letting me be on the podcast, guys. Just remember the music ministry is a long game, but it's totally worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 the investment in your time, the hard effort, the long nights, the, the tears, the, the constipation from all the pizza, all that stuff is worth <laughs> it you know what I'm saying so. So just keep it keep it going.
1: First time oh, constipation to be dropped on the right. podcast. That's right.
0: Alright, so I want to thank Frank Gill again for stopping by the Fringe Youth Worker podcast. Uh uh, Sonny, just just really quick, quick fire, what did you hear from that podcast? I heard that Frank's
1: doing ministry in the right right way. What mm-hmm. I loved is that he has a, a diverse youth group and, and the bigger than that, he's not afraid to tackle mental health outside of the church. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a really important thing to discuss because I think for so long, either the church was scared or or vice versa. Mental health was scared of the church and didn't want anything to do with those religious weirdos. And the church didn't want anything to do with stupid psychology. And yet, when you can blend those two together... I think that's when students win, and that's when your youth group wins, and that's when the church wins. So I was really happy to hear that within his ministry, they're reaching out to the counselors, they're reaching out to the mental health professionals to help them with these kids, and he's helping parents understand the importance of medication if it comes to that, but also just seeking out counseling. That that was so encouraging, and um, that was that was rocking, man. Really appreciate Frank for doing that.
0: Yeah, I I heard the I heard the relational ministry thing all throughout his podcast that that everything he does is in relationship with either to parent, to volunteer, to fringe kid, it's all in the context of what does the relationship require me to be? Uh, and that I, I have nothing but respect for that model. That is the model that me and you have made our bones on, and uh, and and to have a guy come on here. And it's funny because you, you get these guys, uh, and and not not every minister is the same. You know, some some guys uh, have a different philosophy on these things. But when somebody matches your philosophy of ministry, when someone matches uh, your relational heart, it, it's like. You, you might have just started talking to him for the first time, but it it would have felt like the thousandth time because your heart is just literally aligned, completely aligned. And and the whole time Frank was talking, I mean, we, we, I heard the camp thing, man. And me and you were both <laughs> I started just cracking like cracking up. But he goes, yeah, yeah. and
1: it's all about camp. And I go, oh yeah. Frank, that's the wrong word to say here, bro,
0: because <laughs> it yeah. is. It yeah, is yeah, camp. That's, yeah, yeah. Me and him would we'll, we'll just become homers, you know, at that point. It's and like, he loves Popeye's
1: right. chicken like he's like our best friend.
0: Yeah. That's right, man we could we could easily um we could easily align ourselves with uh, Frank if he wasn't um in Milwaukee, but uh yeah, no, I just I heard that throughout there. uh it's obvious why he's a player in um in this youth ministry game and why why people a lot of people are listening to his voice every week. and so to have him on this podcast, I think that's an honor for us, but uh you know it just it just kind of goes to show you um there's ministers all over this country who are killing it for Jesus because they are putting relationship first. And I, I heard that from Frank.
1: Yeah, that was cool, man. So once again, uh, Frank Gill does the podcast 15 Minutes with Frank. He's a student ministries pastor at Epicost Church, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can find him on social media at pastor underscore tank. And then email us pastortank at gmail.com. And 15 Minutes with Frank is on the DYM network. And that's found anywhere podcasts are uploaded or downloaded or listened to.
2: We are still listening to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast.
1: PJ, is this like the end?
0: <laughs> this is it, man. This Already? Is, this, is, this is it. This is episode 15 is in the books. This might have been our smoothest episode to date. Well, I know my voice sounded smooth because I'm using a different <laughs> microphone this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I it really does tingle the ears. That's what that's you know, you spend that extra five hundred bucks and it just man, it's like, wow. Okay, funny. Don't,
1: don't be dropping how much I I didn't spend five hundred bucks in this. <laughs>
0: Talking about, oh man, no, good episode, Sonny. Good, good, all the way around. I'm glad we're at 15 episodes, that's crazy. Um, I want to just speak to the randos out there. Thank you guys for making this community a community thing. Uh, Sonny and I are right now in talks about having an episode that is completely live. Um, we've been talking about and teasing that for a while, but we're going to do it. This week we're gonna we're gonna sit down and pencil out a date. So we need you though, randos. If we're gonna do this live show, we need you to pencil into your calendar and to interact with us. Because if it's live and there's three people watching, that's gonna be a no. That'll
1: be awesome. uh, (laughs) Three people who started watching, and and they'll be the three people who like when it's in the tens of listeners down the road, the hundreds of listeners. uh, They'll be the ones that say we are the OG
0: three. OG three, right there. OG three. The, o- the original OG3 is the the Trinity but you know you could be yes. the OG3 yes. part 2 This um, would be the the, the the Goodwill OG3 But you know that's our heart in all this, Sonny, and uh, we've talked about that several times. Is we want this conversation not just to be between me and you, Um, and I think going to a live show uh, or at least experimenting with a live show will facilitate that a lot better. Is that we can have uh, other voices being heard. Be fun, uh, randos, kind of chiming in there. So, randos, thank for you for making this uh, podcast happen. Again, this is the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast, episode fifteen in the books. I got nothing else to say. Thank you for listening to the Luncheer Focal Podcast. Don't believe anything.